Welcome to a new episode of the Cigar Snob Podcast interview series, where we sit down with interesting personalities from the world of cigars, spirits, entertainment, and just about anyone else who's worth smoking a cigar with. And now here's your host, Eric Calvino. Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Cigar Snob Podcast. In the years that we've been publishing Cigar Snob Magazine, a little over 15 years now, few companies have performed as well in the ratings as Agonorsa Leaf, whether it's been the brands that they own themselves or, or the ones that they manufacture for other companies. They're consistently among the top-rated cigars year in and year out. We interviewed today's guest way back in episode number four of the podcast. That's almost three years ago. So today, Terrence Riley joins the exceedingly small group of cigar personalities that we've brought back for a second episode. In spite of his love for the New England Patriots, we still enjoy his company, but probably more importantly to you, we absolutely love the cigars he brings. So after this message from our sponsor, you'll hear my interview with Terrence Riley of Agonor Sleeve. Enjoy. Brothers Billy and Gus Fakie, former owners of the Cigar Inn retail shops in New York City, have put their years of experience serving a broad range of cigar smokers into their new cigar company, Artesano del Tobacco. Their first release, Viva La Vida, is a Nicaraguan puro produced at the A.J. Fernandez factory. Viva La Vida is available in five Vitolas, a 6.5 by 54 Torpedo, a 6 by 54 Toro, a 6 by 60 Gran Toro, a 5 by 54 Robusto, and a limited edition Diademas Finas which is a beautifully made Perfecto that's six and a half by 52. Prices range from $10.50 for the Robusto up to $14.50 for the limited edition Diademas Finas. The cigars are not only made by A.J. Fernandez, but also distributed by him as well. Viva La Vida cigars are only available at brick-and-mortar cigar shops, so ask your local dealer for Viva La Vida or look them up at artesanodeltobacco.net. You can also connect with them via their Facebook and Instagram at Artisano Del Tobacco. All right, so we're here with Terrence Riley of Agonorsa Leaf. Thanks for thanks for joining us, man. Oh, thanks for having me. So that you are one of the rare uh, repeat offenders that we've gotten on the show. Absolutely, it's my pleasure. I'm. Uh, so you were uh, one of the early early episodes. It was one of the most listened to episodes in the history of the podcast. I'm sure I had a lot to do with that. <laughs> you and your wife would listen to it every night. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, just plays but, yeah. over and over again. Yeah, yeah. We just have it on, on uh, what do you repeat? So, uh, so anyway, so Terrence, for those, uh, for those who are somehow uh, not aware of your existence, what do you do uh, at Agonorsa? So I handle uh, national sales and marketing for Agonorsa, and I've been there uh, three years now, which is interesting because I, when I first joined, I came on the podcast, and that was yep. in. December 2017. So time flies. Incredible, dude. And so, yeah, you've, uh, you've had a profound impact on, on the company. Oh, thank you. <laughs> usually, usually hey, yeah. Jasper, how about a horn? <laughs> you usually have to pay people to say that. You see? Well, you sort of do. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> Maybe say it a couple more times, in fact. <laughs> so... Uh, well, so today you were kind enough uh, to bring us the Casa Fernandez Miami Aniversario Cuban 109 Maduro. That's uh, very good. You got it in the first try, too. It's come on, hard. man. Come on. It's my first rodeo. <laughs> uh, so, well, long cigar brand names are kind of our specialty. Yes. So 
We, uh, I think we handled them better than the other publications. Well, you, you do great. It would be hard to be able to do better. <laughs> keep, keep talking. Keep talking. <laughs> so, uh, but anyway, the, what a... That's a fantastic cigar. I mean, I'm now smoking my second one. We may run out of cigars before we get to rate it. Yeah, we, 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 we uh, you know, that's a good problem to have, you know? It, it really is. Uh, it's a, it's a unique looking cigar. I mean, maybe not, maybe unique's not the right word, but it's got, it's a, obviously a Maduro. It's in the name, right? So it's a dark wrapper, but it, it's not very thick and veiny, which on a, on a wrapper that's that dark, to not get uh, that level of thickness uh, usually means that some nefarious yeah, activity processes, went on. machinations. Yeah, yeah. Whereas, but in the case of a, of a company like Aganorsa Leaf, where, uh, to quote your tagline, your strength is your leaf, right? Our leaf, our leaf is our strength. Yes. So, uh, yeah, I, I know that, that uh, the way that you guys have handled this has been with the utmost care. So I, I trust. I trust you guys. Also, it doesn't look impossibly dark. It looks naturally dark. Yeah, usually as well. if there's some love, it's got uh, that kind of nuclear, you know, dark sheen to it that sort looks of like purple. A, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and also, in fairness to us, I mean, this was a limited project. It was only 250 boxes made. That's only 10 count boxes, 2,500 cigars. So you can be a lot more selective uh, with wrapper when you only need 2,500 cigars compared to 100,000 or something like and that. And so, so do you want to you want to give us a little bit of the background of how you get a dark uh, dark wrapper um, selected? But again, it looks so beautiful. It's like pristine looking. And so what goes into that? What's the process like so that um, so listeners can can understand what that means and why it's so hard and why the price is what it is and, and those kinds of things. So, so on uh, the name of the wrapper is again, another long name. It's a uh, shade grown Corojo Maduro. And again, another long name, but all those words are important. Um, generally speaking, Maduro's are San Andres or Broadleaf from yeah. Pennsylvania or, or Connecticut. Um, but this is a Maduro that we grew ourselves. It's a proprietary wrapper. We grew in, in Jalapa. And we've been trying to do this for years. We, we use 99% of our own tobacco except for, uh, Maduro usually, which is, we often use San Andres, which is a great wrapper and it goes great with our tobacco. Um, and you know, Connecticut, things like that. But we always wanted to use as much of our own tobacco as possible. And for many years they tried to work on, uh, doing a Maduro and for whatever reason, it just never worked. It, uh, the yield wasn't there or, or it, uh, had one problem or another. And so what they eventually figured out how to, how to create is, uh, is to grow it under shade, under tapado, cheesecloth. And usually you'd associate that with a, a lighter colored cigar, like yep. Connecticut shade grown, very light, uh, tawny colored wrapper. Um, but what they do in this case is they take higher primings of the plant, which are thicker leaves, and they ferment it for a longer period of time. Um, and that, those thicker leaves can hold up to that fermentation. So it get, gives it that dark, rich Maduro hue um, with while it's still a Corojo uh, wrapper. So it's unique to us and, and we use it on a few products. We don't use it on too much because that fermentation process is difficult and you lose some of the tobacco to, uh, through it. Um, but, uh, but for this project, it was only 2,500 cigars and we wanted to have this be kind of a prestige thing. You know, it's a very limited uh, selection and it only went to our uh, select accounts. So we, we wanted to be special. Right. So let me, let me unpack a couple of things in there because I think that uh, a lot of listeners, especially maybe the more novice listener, Probably 
missed a bunch of that. Oh, so so I, I blew it. Yeah, I think you blew it. I think you <laughs> totally blew it. But first, the whole cheesecloth thing. Uh, I think that a lot of people don't get that. So when when uh, when we say that, or when you guys or any cigar company says that the tobacco is is shade grown, that means that over that plantation they are running cheesecloth uh, over the top of it to deflect a little bit of the sunlight. Exactly. Right? And so what that does is, do you, you want to tell them what the purpose of it? Yeah, well, it's going to affect obviously the the thickness of the leaf, the, sh- the the color of the leaf. It's going to have an impact, obviously, because you're limiting the amount of sun exposure. I mean, yep. it's if you're in the, you, it's not like it's it's still see through. I'm can, giving them a second chance to. <laughs> to like, I'm probably going to blow fix it again. This. <laughs> uh, so it's still see through, um, but but it definitely limits some of the sun exposure, and so that's going to have an impact on both the the color and the and the and the, the thickness of the leaf. The thickness, yeah. The the veins are not as pronounced, right? Because yeah. the the plant is not having to uh, protect itself as much, so it's not as oily, not as not as thick. Uh, and so then the the other part that that I think was maybe lost for a, for a novice is the fermentation time. So on tobacco that is going to be maduro. Uh, they ferment it uh, at a higher temperature uh, and usually for a little longer time. And so you lose some tobacco in that process because the temperature in the pilon gets so hot that you literally burn the tobacco. Yeah, uh, you're, you're going to lose some. And so so the, the yield is lower when you, when you do that. So that's why companies start with San Andres or uh, Connecticut Broadleaf because it's a thicker leaf, hardier leaf. That can withstand that extra heat. That's why typically when you see a Maduro, it has those thick veins and it has that toothiness to it. Uh, and the wrapper is thick because it was a thick leaf because it was under the sun and it, and it got thick and veiny and, and toothy uh, and oily. And so that's why you typically don't see uh, you know, Maduro wrappers with very thin veins that look... These veins are more like the veins you would find on a Connecticut shade. Exactly. And so that's why the word shade is there, right? And that's part of the reason it has the nice look is that it has of kind course. of that refined look that usually you don't see with a Maduro. You get that grittier kind of look to a Maduro oftentimes for the reasons you mentioned. Um, so it has that still very refined Connecticut look to it. Um, but it's, uh, it's a Maduro. And it is delicious. And, and by the way, the cigar is, is quite strong. Not, not so strong that, that you got to like give people a warning like it's going to knock you out or anything like that. It, but it is strong. Yeah, I think it's kind of like a, I, I describe it as a milkshake, where like a milkshake is heavy. It's got it's got a lot to it, but it doesn't have uh, like heavy spice to it. So it's not. In fact, sometimes this type of cigar can be sneaky because you're yep. like, ah, oh, this is. You know, it's like that uh, in college you had the you know that fruit punch with uh, grain alcohol oh, in it or something. Great. Yeah, this is great. You can't taste the thing, and then you know the next thing uh, the night was over. So. Uh, that it can be a little bit dangerous in that sense because it's so it's a really refined smoke, but it, it's uh, it's got a lot of power to it still. So I think that novice uh, college students may need to unpack a few. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't explain everything. Here. <laughs> but uh, but no, the the cigar is beautifully balanced. Uh, it has that, like you said, that that spiciness or that pepper is there, but it's it's hidden under some layers. Of, it's not a blast when you light no, up. But, yeah. not at all. But when you retrohale it, you do feel if you're again if you're an experienced smoker, and retrohaling again is is blowing the smoke out through your nose, uh, not inhaling it, just blowing it out instead of through your mouth through your nose. 
uh, and you get to smell a little bit more of the aromas and, and what's going on, but you also get to feel the strength a little bit more accurately. And when you do that with this cigar, it doesn't make you cry. Like, for example, a, a super strong ass kicker cigar, you, you retrohale it and your eyes will water it yeah. and you'll, you'll feel it and you burn your nose and all that, right? This cigar doesn't do that. And so that's what's sneaky about it is that you're, you're retrohaling it and you think, oh, okay, it's not so bad. But if you are keen, you do notice that, that it's there. The strength is in the background and it, it comes through. And it's, if you know what you're looking for, you, you're like, oh, hey, hang on a second. This thing is going to be powerhouse. So I think it's interesting. It's really well done in that way. Uh, so congrats on that. No, this thank you. Uh, an expertly made cigar. And, and uh, you know, wouldn't expect anything less. Honestly, uh, Agonorsa, they are masters. Master, uh, you know, of growing and making a very uh, well-made, well-balanced, flavorful, strong. I mean, that's like in your wheelhouse, right? That's what you guys are good yeah, at. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of what we stick to. We, we kind of, uh, we create different expressions of of that style. Uh, I always use the comparison to, to scotch. You know, there's a... Uh, cherry cask and you know uh, american oak and all those different things um but it's always scotch it's not rum it's not vodka it's not gin and so we kind of that's what we do well and we stick to doing that um in various ways well really well done here and and so how so these are already in stores yes they just shipped uh there, there was a limit um it was we have a program called agonorsa select where it's certain uh, retailers who are really big supporters of us and and uh, have a certain amount of our products and everything. And uh, to reward them, they, uh, they these were distributed among them. But even then, it was limited. It was uh, six boxes per store, so it was not. It's not. It's only two hundred fifty boxes for the whole country. That's not you know in terms of the cigar industry very much. So no, are, are they? Is anyone selling them online? They they were. Uh, I don't know how many have any any left. Even though it just released, a lot of it got sold out pretty fast. But there's a there's probably a few if you do a search, uh, you can probably find them out there still. So can uh, when people go to the Agonorsa website, what what is the URL? Uh, com. You know you don't have to say the www right. I'm like, I'm old. You know. Do you? I'm getting old. Do you use a, punctuation in your text? Yes, I, I do. I punctuate texts. Uh, I I say www. I read books. Uh, you read my, books. Uh, I know it's ancient. <laughs> I'm magazines too. <laughs> yeah, some magazines as well. <laughs> so, uh, but when when they go to your website at www. No, when they go to your website, can they? They can obviously search for where to find Agonors. Like your your retailers are on there, right? Yeah. Is there anything there that denotes? Whether they are uh, Agonorsa Select, uh, not yet. We we're still developing the program. There will be more uh, kind of distinctions for that moving forward. That's one of the things actually I'm working on for right now, uh, for next year. Um, but uh, the best way is really uh, on our Facebook or Instagram pages is just to send us a message if you're looking for it. Hey, I'm in California. Hey, I'm in Florida. I'd like to. Uh, I'm looking for this cigar, that cigar from Agonorsa. Reach out and we'll we'll get to you anytime. If you want to just find a store near you, the store finder works fine. But if you're sp- looking for a specific product, use social media. Yeah, the best thing is to reach out via social. So normally media. we do this at the end of the show, but let's well, give we it. We can now. do it again. You know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they may not have heard me. Correct. So hit us with the social media 
handles. Agonorsleaf for both Facebook and Instagram. Those are the best two uh, that we're most active on. And uh, we also have a a group page on Facebook, Agonorsa Acolytes, which uh, a lot of good information is there. And you'll see a lot of guys uh, talking about where to find various uh, stuff that we release that's rare. I always ignore everything I get from Agonorsa Acolytes. No, I'm kidding. I am a member of it. Perfect. Good. I'm glad. (laughs) I am a founding member of it. Founding member. So... Uh, now, the, uh, another interesting thing uh, about you is that you have been, you've been on the road selling. I have throughout this pandemic. Yeah, since June. So since June. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. we're in Florida. Yeah, yeah. And so <laughs> we were the hot zone yep. of the country. Absolutely. And you were still on the road. Is there, you know, any any interesting things happen? Like, because you know, with with COVID and like the whole face mask thing, some people are super skittish about you not wearing a mask. Other people get upset when you wear a mask. Yeah. it's, re- uh, it's so re- when you're traveling, it's gotta be a challenge, right? It's really sink or swim. We kind of always approach going in is that they're going to require a mask. And so we approach it with a mask. And then once we get in there, uh, because every state and county and city has different rules, we kind of figure out from there. But some people you walk in with a mask and it's like, you slap their mom and it's yeah. like, what would you come in here with that for? Yeah. And you're like, all right. And you take it off. And then other places you go and, um, you know, there's, they're kind of indifferent to it. You know, they might say, okay, on either way, it doesn't really make any difference. And then some people are very much, uh, either because they're following the rules or they're personally nervous. They want you to, they want you to wear it. So it's really, and you can go from one store in one town to another store than town next door. And it's completely different, the reaction. So that's been, that's been an interesting dynamic is every time you walk in, you don't really know what you're going to get with the, with the person in there. Some stories that again, I, I kind of was joking about this with you, uh, before we got on the air, how, if you know somebody they don't think you can. They can catch COVID from somebody they know. Yeah, that's, because, that's like your your uh, working thesis on this yeah, whole thing. So, because so, I'd go into shops and they would require everyone to wear a mask. They'd be like really strict about it. But then we'd get there and they'd be like, "Oh, hey, Terrence, yeah, no, I can take that thing off. You don't need that, you know." And so it was, it was just funny that it's like, what you know, what difference does it make? Yeah. You know? How do you know where I was an yeah, hour ago? Yeah, yeah. In fact, if anything, I was coming, you know, yeah. coming from Florida from Miami, which was considered a hot zone, you know, and they just completely, you know, didn't care. No problem. And, yeah, no problem. Take mask off, buddy. Yeah. I know you. Yeah, so it's it's just funny how people, uh, you know. Well, but it. then you also you told me a story about uh, having dinner. Yeah, so we we uh, with one of our reps, we uh we went, we were out at dinner and uh, and they were really strict. I mean, it was funny because they were so nice. They were like, "Oh, thank you for coming in, and we'll we'll sit you down." And uh, it, but you had to have a mask on, and if you didn't have the mask on, except when you were sitting and eating. Like it, they turned into the soup Nazis and they, like some guy stood up and tucked his shirt in and they scream, Hey, put your mask on right now. You know, it was like, he was at the table with his wife. There was nobody nearby. He just was tucking his shirt in. Yeah. And so, uh, our rep didn't actually have a gentleman named Jeff Gruber. He didn't have a mask. And wow, so you said gentleman, huh? <laughs> well, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm wow. on the air. Jeff, I hope you're listening. Yeah. I'm trying to, you know, I use that term very loosely, <laughs> you know, it's, it's almost a platitude. Um, and, uh, and so he didn't have it. And uh, when he came in, we kind of had to finagle a way to get him in so that he could get from the door to the table with a, uh, a mask. And we finally figured that out and he, we were eating dinner. And then he, he got up after we ate, you know, when we were waiting for dessert to go to the bathroom and he forgot to bring a mask. And so he's in the bathroom. Uh, this Jeff guy's a, he's problematic. Yeah. He's a, he's, you know, you have no idea. <laughs> Um, and, and so he's in the bathroom, uh, you know, relieving taking himself. Yeah. Yeah. Taking care of business. And uh, a female manager runs into the bathroom uh and just starts screaming you got to put your mask on or leave right now and like just starts yelling at him and then uh at that point he was kind of annoyed at the manner she handled it and so they kind of went back and forth a little bit 
and uh, she, yeah, she actually she actually called the police. Uh, she called the police and said, "We have a customer here that's not obeying." Uh, that. And so at that, you guys po- did a little dine and dash then. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, <laughs> Je- Jeff. Uh, you know, it's funny because I was the meal was supposed to be on me, so I got I actually worked out for me. I didn't have to pay, but he said, "Give me the bill." He paid the bill and. Uh, and he uh, he took we, we were with we a big off. tip probably yeah yeah nice. big tip yeah yeah yeah, yeah. here's a tip uh, change your policies yeah <laughs> so yeah the 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 road situation in in this COVID like normally you were your only concern before COVID was am I making a sale when I walk in here yeah and now it's like do I need to wear a mask do I not need to like how do I handle this right so it's it, it's been a it's been interesting we've had other guys who are on the road come in. And and everyone's got the same situation. And, and plus, it's it's also an int- usually you know how a store operates and how they do. You know, over time, you just kind of develop. Yeah. You know, it's this time of year is good for them, and this time of year is slower and wh- or whatever. Uh, but this is throwing a, a, a wrench in that. And so some shops you go into, and you know they're in a tourist area, and there's no tourists. Uh, and so now you see a shop where you used to see tons of people, and there's literally it's a ghost town. And then you see other shops that you know are thriving. And uh, it's off season and they're still doing great. And yep. uh, so that's another thing. It's kind of hard to, you know, because obviously if you go into a place and the, the guy's not doing well, you don't want to, you know, be pushing, pushing on him. You just want to be, hey, you know, supportive. In fact, so we, we don't even take a sales approach almost when we walk in. We walk it's like what's more see, like PR. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's really to see them and see how they're doing. And and, uh, and again, obviously that uh, if they need stuff and if, uh, you know, if they're in a good position, they'll, they'll obviously purchase something. But um it's been more effective to kind of not go in there with like a plan of how to sell them something. It's better to go in there just as, you know, see, to see friends. And we, a lot of times you haven't seen these people in a while because I've been traveling, but certainly less because certain areas yeah. are more, more locked down. So um, it definitely changes your approach on how you travel on where you travel on, on, you know, on what you say and what you do. Yeah. And so have you, uh, have you gotten back up to, to your roots? You're originally from Massachusetts? Massachusetts, yes. Uh, a long time ago. I've been there. And I, as soon as I left, uh, all the sports teams started winning championships. So I, I don't even think I'm welcome good back there. Good for you. Good for you. Um, but, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good for you. It's yeah. a typical Dolphins fan. Yep. Um, but I, I'm actually scheduled to be up there next, uh, next month. So I'll be up there. In, so, oh, no, this month. Excuse me. Yeah, it's September now. So I'll be up there in this month. What is uh what is post Brady look like as a Patriots fan? Yeah, they, they've changed the years. You know how there's BC and AD. Yeah, you know, yeah. there's there's PT and uh well I guess PT again. You know pre <laughs> pre time and post time. Uh, but you know again everyone's everyone's number one for the most part a Patriots fan. I'm I'm a Patriots fan, so it's always Patriots number one. Um, but I think everybody but wishes. You, them. I mean, yes, you are a Patriots fan, but. You know, to you, uh, Tom was second in line to Gato, or maybe the order was... It was mixed. a photo finish. <laughs> it was a photo finish, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I, I mean, uh, what I'd like to see is the Patriots versus Tampa in the Super Bowl, and the Patriots win by a very small margin. Uh, I'm ultimately uh, a Patriots fan first, but uh, yeah, it, it, I'm not going to lie. It was uh, devastating in a way that few things are to see him leave New England. Hmm. What, how do you feel about Cam Newton? I think he's going to do great, man. I th- I think that he signed a a very incentive laden contract. Um, I think he's motivated. Yeah, obviously. he's at a stage of his career really. He's it's it's kind of he's going to have to produce or he's going to you know be at the end of his career, and uh, and I think he's going to do really well, uh, especially with with his talent. I mean, he's so physically gifted. Uh, you know, so even when you know the Patriots obviously have great game planning, 
Um, but when it doesn't work, he can improvise and and and. Uh, oh, they're also such good cheaters. I think he'll be fine. Well, it was a nice <laughs> talk, guys. Uh, I'm out of here. Listen, it's one thing to say things about me. Don't slander the New England Patriots, please. I think they'll be fine. Uh, Belichick is. Uh, yeah, he's he's got to figure he's a it genius. out. He, I don't think he's a genius. He, but he's got to figure it out. I'm gonna say genius. He's got to figure it out. So, uh, but but the rest of your of your Boston teams are not doing so hot right now. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. The the Red Sox look terrible. Uh, I was watching them at bat the other day. It looked like they were throwing bodies off of a boat. It didn't you know the swings didn't look good. I mean, they just look uh, downtrodden. So they they look terrible. And well, uh, you, you're you're into uh, a little bit of social commentary typically when you're in here. What do you think about baseball and this pandemic? Because I think, I think they they missed a boat early, right? They could have been because it's one of the most social distance friendly sports aside from golf, um, and so they missed a boat early with, with all of those uh, bickering back and forth with the the deal. Yeah, uh, and then when they came back, the play hasn't been great. So there hasn't like I'll give you the example. Golf, on the other hand, every tournament that has been played in the pandemic has just about every turn has ended with like fireworks, yeah. right? Like for example, this past weekend, uh, John Rahm won in a playoff against Dustin Johnson by sinking a 60 something foot putt. It was, I mean, in golf, in the golf world, that was huge. Right. So, and Dustin Johnson had sunk a 40 something foot putt to get into the playoff. That's a lot of excitement for golf. Uh, and so they've capitalized and I think you can see it. Right, you can see the growth of, of the popularity of golf in this pandemic. They've taken good advantage of it. Baseball has done the exact opposite. They they took too long to start, and when they started, baseball's hard, you know, just just like golf is hard. But they could, these guys were able to continue playing. Whereas in baseball, it's hard, man. And and then you've got teams like the Marlins that had all these positive COVID cases, and then the Phillies had COVID, cases, and then and so it's like you haven't been able to hit the rhythm of the baseball season. And the quality of the play, you haven't had any excitement. So it's been tough to watch baseball. And I'm a baseball fan, but it's been tough. Yeah, I th baseball, a couple of problems. One is that with with NBA or with uh, NHL, they can just go to a place and stay there and play all the, in the same arena. With baseball, you, you still have to travel. So that obviously logistically causes some problems. Baseball is also more, it's very, the guys get into their habits and their rhythms and things yeah, like that. That's what I meant. It's it's hard to get into. Yeah, and, and so you're throwing it in the middle of the season and, and again, the crowd plays in a football game. The crowd's kind of obviously a factor, or but it's you know in the middle of a play or things like that. It's it's you're you're moving around. You're not necessarily really thinking. Where baseball, it's it's so methodical that you know that waiting on that third strike call with the bases loaded. You know the crowd's on its feet. I mean, yeah. all, I think that all throws things off more. And uh, and it, you know it's it's baseball you know missed with the other sports they went through most of the season and then they just that now they're doing the playoffs where baseball is doing its regular season which is shorter but it's still a lot of games uh yeah baseball obviously was the one that didn't fit the best it's it's it was it's a it's a shortened season but there's still a lot of games maybe it was too much time left to just go to a playoff of some kind or have some sort of tournament um to i it's been bad to watch. I've watched a few games, and a part of it is obviously the Red Sox are terrible. But, uh, but yeah, just you know, just watching a game, it's just not. It doesn't feel. I'm watching hockey. I still feel like I'm watching hockey, and it doesn't really affect it that much. But watching baseball just seems off. Yeah, yeah. Like I watched the the Heat 
uh, second round uh, game one against uh, Milwaukee. And I, I mean, I, I, I forgot. I forgot that there wasn't a crowd. I forgot about all that because the game was really good at, at one point. Uh, and, and you're right. In baseball, the crowd plays such a big part of it. Uh, like you said, a three-two count with the bases loaded, everybody's up and and screaming, and yeah, know. you take that away, and it's just it's just, it's it, weird. Yeah. So, um, so what about let's talk? Let's switch gears a little bit out of sports. People who hate Boston are now turning off their iPods. Great. Uh, does anybody have iPods anymore? <laughs> <laughs> so. They're they're Walkmans. They're turning off their. <laughs> Walkman, the 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 boombox. The yeah. guy's no longer carrying yeah. a boombox. They're, they're going to tape over the tape in the Walkman with yeah. something else. Now. Forget that. I'm recording over this. <laughs> this is garbage. So, but let's switch gears and talk about uh, about the cigars again. So, last issue, uh, not the issue that's out now, but the one before, we did a brand breakdown on the Lunatic Torch, and that's a that's a funky cigar, right? It's got this funky, not exactly shaggy foot, yeah, but brush foot. We call it. What do you call it? Brush foot. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and so that's a cigar that Paul Palmer of Aganorsa had given me a box of that years ago. And I remember looking at it and going, man, this does not fit the Aganorsa mold. I mean, it had this like orange and white type of label. And the cellophane was cut short so that you could kind of accentuate the brush foot. But the brush was not a brush. It was really long. And when you lit it, like all the little pieces of of tobacco would fall all over you. And it was... (laughs) It was, uh, yeah, it was a no, annoying. It, it looked, it looked, uh, it looked, it would only look normal in a nightclub that sold cocaine to chameleons. I mean, ah, there was, you go. It was not a, you know, That's it, a good it, way to put it that. looked, uh, it, it wasn't a good look, put it that way. Yeah. But, but the blend was actually the cigar a great, was bl- yeah, it was a great yeah, blend. Yeah, we gave it yeah. a really good rating. Yeah. It was so good. And everybody's, what is this thing that you guys rated? Yeah. I've never even heard of it. Yeah, it, it looks, and that was the case of several of our products. The Lunatic Torch is probably the best example of it. It was just that it didn't convey that it was made by us. It didn't really convey what a great cigar it was. It just kind of looked nuts. I mean, which I guess Lunatic, maybe that made sense. But, idea, but, yeah. but uh, it just, it, you, you didn't even know it was related to the other Lunatic line or anything. So uh, what we did basically is kind of, we changed the sizes, the box count, the, the, the packaging. And instead of the shaggy foot with the tobacco falling off all over the place, we turned it into a brush foot, which the difference is, is that it's basically the cigar is cut. You don't get all that tobacco jutting out. And, uh, the wrapper is just removed the first half inch of the cigar. So you're tasting binder and filler. Uh, I was going to ask you what the, the whole point of it is. Yeah. So yeah, you, you, so you're tasting that binder and filler tobacco and then you hit the wrapper and you see that progression of how that wrapper uh, our, our Corojo 99 wrapper influences the binder and filler. And and for us, that's kind of an important thing because how we, we base ourselves and we separate ourselves is, is through the tobacco itself. And so it's a cool way to experience um, the influence our Corojo wrapper has on our blends um, because you're going to taste that binder filler tobacco, which is going to be kind of unbalanced uh, and kind of, you know, it's going to wake up your palate, but it's not going to be uh, what you'd expect from a cigar in terms of balance. Um, but then once it hits the wrapper, it becomes more complete. And so it's a, it's a cool thing to experience. And, and again, the blend was great to begin with. So, uh, you know, that, that we didn't have to change. So you didn't change the blend. You just changed the, the way that it was produced, like that little shaggy foot situation and the packaging. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it looks tremendous and it smokes incredibly well. So I, I like how I do like the, the transition. It goes from like this almost oaky, peppery, sort of austere, savory flavors. And then when you hit the wrapper, it's like, dude, it's a jolt of sweet cedar 
uh, creaminess. Yeah, and, and that's a very palpable experience. It's not like something subtle that you have yeah, to be exactly. some sort of real connoisseur to figure out that change. It's very obvious to, to even the casual smoker that uh, oh wow, this is completely different. And so that's for us, that's important because what we're we're, we're trying to show people is how there's nothing that tastes like Aganorsa. There's there's nothing else out there like it. Um, and whether you like it or you don't is up to you, of course. Yeah. But uh, if you do, you're not going to find anywhere else. And doing things like that uh, are ways to show the consumer that that's a genuine process. The other thing that you did to show that process was the. These, uh, these Aganorsa experience events that you were doing pre-COVID. Uh, can you first describe what the event was like, right? So you, it, the idea was to accentuate the qualities of the tobacco. So tell us how it was. Yeah, so I, I think one of the things, there's so many. there's been so many events overall that what happens is a guy gets off work and he walks into the cigar shop and some guy's like, hey, buy three, get one free or something. And he's, he just wants to relax and have a cigar. Um, so that was one aspect of it. We wanted to take away that, that we turn it more from a sailing event to an, an educational event. And as I said, because what makes us different is the tobacco. Uh, what we would do is we would provide uh, two what we call fumas. It's basically like a rolled up leaf of tobacco. And so there's nothing else. It's just one leaf um, um, of two different types of tobacco. Uh, our Corojo 99 seed varietal from uh, the Jalapa region of Nicaragua. And then our Criollo 98 varietal from Esteli. And those two tobaccos from those two regions are the backbone of what we do. They're, they're yep. all our blends in some capacity. So by smoking those individually, you get to see the, the characteristics that they impart on the blend by isolating them. They're very obvious when you isolate them. From the Corojo, you're going to get uh, salivation. It's going to on the sides of your mouth. You're, you're going to get a lingering sweetness. You're going to get some spice up front and through the retrohale. Um, on the Criollo, you're getting that earthiness, that grittiness. You get a little bit of salt on the, the roof Esteli, of your palate. Yeah, yeah would, you know, the, the Esteli tobacco uh, that Nicaragua is known for. Um, and then you, you kind of chich and chong it, and you combine them, and you puff on both of them at the same time. And uh, you see how they, they meld and they create something that's greater than the sum uh, of its parts. Cheech and Chong is the, is the official technical, it, it, term, it's a technical for term for putting two little fumas side yes. by side in your yes. mouth. I coined it myself. So okay. it's, uh, I yeah, like that. It, but uh, yeah. Well, so you Cheech and Chong, because there's somebody in the car like, what? You smoke weed with <laughs> yeah. it? Now somebody's, <laughs> now, now somebody's listening at least. Yeah. You know? uh, yeah, no, you basically puff them at the same time and, and, and you're going to see how the, the, the two create a whole new, uh, more complex, more balanced flavor altogether. And obviously that's, like chopsticks compared to the cigar, which is Mozart, but it gives a, a consumer a really clear picture of how we develop that signature flavor we're known for. And you can be a very, you know, uh, average, uh, com, you know, uh, novice, novice, uh, or uh, somebody that smokes only on occasion, um, or even somebody that smoked their whole life but doesn't really pay attention to that kind of stuff. Correct. That always kind of rolls. Their, of those, yeah. They roll their eyes when they hear, oh, "I'm going to taste this" or "I'm going to taste that." And we don't get into blueberry pie and all this stuff. We 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 keep it simple that of the tasting notes that everybody should experience, and you'll you'll see the light go on in their head, and they'll say, "Wow, I've never done something like this. I've never experienced this before." And so that's really a powerful way to to show people. Uh, what Agonorsa is about, and so are those are those events starting back? Are you able Are you able to do those events now? I've been able to do a couple of them in a couple areas. For the most part, uh, it, we haven't been able to do too many uh, for obvious reasons. But we have done uh, several uh, via virtual events, like the retailer. We'll put together a package where they'll have the opportunity to get the Fumas and and a, and a cigar and see. So it. you'll ship it out to them, yeah, and then they'll distribute it to their consumers. Yep, and then we set up a meeting and we all go oh, on like there that. and uh, and I've done a, a bunch of those, which has been really great. Um, and, and a lot and, and actually a lot of times those are those are uh, beneficial in a different way because in an event you're there for a couple hours. So if that guy's you know daughter has ballet practice, well now yep. you missed him and who knows when you're going to be back there. Where this is. 
um, you know, done on a, at a time when a lot of people have the time that you can do it anywhere. They can be at the ballet practice out in the waiting room and and watch the video at least and see you things. Smoke, so, you can smoke a cigar at your daughter's ballet recital. Well, it depends. That's fine. Yeah, it depends. Yeah, maybe may in Russia. I don't know about here, but uh, you, but you could be in Russia and do it. You know, yep. so uh, that's that's the benefit. It, it, it's, ballet recital at four in the morning. It, it's yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't ask questions. Okay, okay. Everyone's got their own life, um, but but it allows you to, to access people that maybe would have never partook in, in, in something like this before yeah and and for the odd dude who's a little bit shy and doesn't yeah doesn't you know, feel, yeah doesn't necessarily it, go to like yeah. we'll go to the shop and buy cigars but doesn't feel comfortable hanging out for whatever reason and or asking uh, questions yeah or yeah you're nervous about asking questions and then they get to do it in a setting that's more you know comfortable for them so it's been that's been really one of i think the most effective tools we've utilized uh while i've been with the company but but you are still trying to schedule those in person at the stores yeah, absolutely. To the extent that it's feasible to do it. Yeah. I mean, if, if uh, every part of the country has kind of different rules and regulations right now, but as long as we're able to do it, um, yeah, it's a great. And again, there's you don't have to all be, you know, sitting on top of each other to do something like this. You can of you course. can be at different tables and, and uh, it doesn't require. Or you could be sitting contact. on top of each other if that's what you're into. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Again, this is a judgment free zone. Whatever. Yep, yep. Whatever you want to do, man. Yeah. As long uh, as you buy cigars and listen to podcasts, <laughs> you're a okay. Yeah, 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 you pass. <laughs> you just stamp the passport. Um, yeah, so so it's uh, it, it, you know I'm I'm going to be doing some uh, in the coming weeks, and I've done a few uh, throughout the summer, and uh, and then our reps do them. Well, can you do you do you, offhand do you know the ones that you have coming up in the coming weeks in case somebody's listening from that market? Uh, I, uh, Matador in New York, I have one. Oh, uh, uh, with Boris. Yeah, with yeah Boris. So uh, Matador in New York on Long Island. Um, and then I have to check for Roslyn Heights, actually. Yeah, Roslyn Heights, and well, he has another location in like. Uh, PEI. Well, there's a Brooklyn store, and then there's another one. I, honestly, when I travel with a rep, I could be in North Korea. I get in the car, and he takes me in what store and how far they are and what city. It's uh, it's nice to meet you, Kim. <laughs> how often do you smoke? What do you like, strong or mild? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, I mean, uh, but it, again, it's, uh, the great, the best way to stay in touch with that stuff is to follow us on social media, and we we post all that stuff, and we always make it available. Um, you know, within a week, usually prior to the event, if you post it too much in advance and the guy forgets, but usually within a week, we'll have that information available. Cool, man. Well, thank you again, uh, for coming in and being, you know, the repeat offender no, my pleasure. of our podcast. We always like having you around, especially cause you bring good cigars. It's a badge <laughs> of honor. It's a badge of honor to be here. So, uh, thank you guys. So, so again, one more time, uh, Agonorsa Leaf, is it agonorsaleaf.com? Yeah, agonorsleaf.com. Without the WW. I would prefer you write in the WWW just for my sake, but you can, you don't have to. Uh, and then we Agonorsleaf uh, Instagram and Agonorsleaf Facebook, and then our group on Facebook, Agonorsa Acolytes. All right. Well, thank you, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, you know that you can follow us at uh, Cigar Snob Mag everywhere. Our website is cigarsnob.com. Uh, yeah. If you haven't subscribed to this podcast, do so now. If you haven't rated it and reviewed it, I highly recommend you do because we do read those on the air next week. Ivan and I will be back on uh, and we'll read some of the really good feedback. Check out the new issue of Cigar Snob. It's out. Uh, find it at your local store or order it online. Cigarsnob.com. Subscription is only 18 bucks. So uh, thanks again. And I'll see you guys soon. You've been listening to the Cigar Snob podcast. Tune in next time for more nonsense and chicanery. But in the meantime, you can find previous episodes of the podcast on CigarSnob.com, 
slash podcast. Follow us at Cigar Snob Mag on all the social media platforms and be sure to subscribe and rate this podcast on Apple Podcasts. Until next time, hasta luego.